Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little... odd. This is the... Of yours will be reduced to a burned out cinder. Hi, everybody, welcome to Podcast Movies, Music, and Gaming. And today we have another minisode. Uh, here with me, as always, is uh, co host Dan. How, how's it going, Dreadful Dan? Hello, it's all going very swimmingly. Good, good, good. So as uh, as with all these minisodes, we just kind of talk about stuff that we've been watching or playing or listening to or whatever the past week, past few days. Um, Dan, what have you been doing? God, blimey. I've been watching the films of David de Coteau. Have mm. you heard of this guy? don't think so. Neither had I until recently. I went down a IMDb rabbit hole Mm -hmm. um you know when you like if you liked this here are the recommendations and i do like my kind of like garish 80s comedy horrors yeah so i um i watched one of those that i was actually kind of familiar with the title and i thought maybe even i'd seen like the vhs box or something as a kid it's called creepazoids from mm-hmm. 1987. You heard of this film? No. Oh my God, it was terrible. Right. But, but after that, I watched a couple more. But Creepazoids was the worst. It was like basically such a ripoff of like Alien, a bit of Predator, maybe a bit of post-apocalyptic kind of like Mad Max type stuff. Mm-hmm. Just imagine those things put in a blender and then just made completely ineptly at every turn. Um, 
And it was just really boring. Just these like characters. <laughs> They're like walking through what appeared to be like a school playground at the weekend, going like everyone's been wiped out and we're the only remi- uh, remaining survivors. And then they're going, oh my God, the acid rain's coming. And they're just like looking at the sky and then we, we better go in this building. And, it's, and then they're like, oh, it looks like they were doing experiments here. And it's just like an hour, hour and a half of them running around like when and random stuff happens uh, until the end when quite a cool looking alien-esque monster appears. Right. And there's a bit of a battle. Um, and then maybe someone thought, though, this film's just crap. We really need a hook. Um, they kill the alien kind of creature thing. And then randomly, a baby comes out of its head. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen the film? Uh, what's it called? It's Alive? Or, or is it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it looks a lot like the baby in that. It's, it's really, really creepy and really well made. Um, but basically, that just extends the film by another five minutes, and he just like basically kills a baby by bludgeoning its brain on the shelf or something, and then it's over. Um, so that was terrible. But then I looked at a few other films, and the next year in 1988, he made two, um, and all of these films have got Linnea Quigley in. Do you know her? No. She's quite a famous like American. Scream Queen. Right. Um, she's in, I think her most famous role is in Return of the Living Dead. Okay. Oh, I know who you mean. Yeah, she's one of the punk rockers. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's what I like about these films. They, these are all, like, that is basically like a high watermark in that genre. And these are all, like, crap <laughs> versions. Yeah. But I love, they've got these kind of, like, 80s, like, the nerds, the right. preppy guys, like the trashy punks, and it's everything's like brash and tacky, um, and there's usually a bit of TNA and some <laughs> um, and some like really cheesy music. Um, but yeah, I watched Nightmare Sisters, which has an, uh, an alternative title of um, uh, what was it? Sorority Succubus Babes. Right, that weirdly sounds familiar. <laughs> Basically, three guys get to go on a date with three really dowdy, grumpy, geeky girls. Is the cover like one of them with a gun? I mean, like you could say about any of these. Uh, yeah, not not Nightmare uh, okay. Sisters, I don't think. I'm probably thinking of something else then. Okay, sorry, go on. And they get transformed by some f- demon in a crystal ball on their, on their date in the sorority house into like these three smoking hot chicks who then spend right. spend the rest of the film in just their bikini bottoms um, and have a bath together. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's actually, until that point, it's actually quite funny because like it's got Linnea Quigley and a two, other, two other women who I think a lot of people say that they were the, were the, the three uh, scream queens of the 80s. And I think they only appeared in two films together, like the three of them. Mm. Um, one of which is this one, Nightmare Sisters. And the other is the other film that I watched, Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bowlerama. Jesus, what a title. <laughs> which in the UK was released as The Imp. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
Sorority Babes in the Slime Ball, Bowl of Rama was the best um, by a long shot. And I thought oh, it actually had some value. Why is that? It just it had a lot of energy. Like, it feels like everyone's having fun making the film. Yeah. And you have, you've got like the, yeah, these like nerdy guys. Linnea Quigley's playing a typical Linnea Quigley character. She's like called Spider or something. Right. Punk, anti-authoritarian, kind of like um, trash trash bag. But, the, but over the course of the film, she shows her true qualities. Um, it's got an imp that conjures up any random shit that you can think of. Right. Loads of it doesn't make sense. Massive plot holes, but it kind of felt a bit fun. And there are actually some genuine laughs in that one. Um, and it had a ridiculous 80s high-energy soundtrack that I loved. Oh, really? Yeah. I tried searching out for it if it's released anywhere. Yeah, I was like, where's my splatter vinyl pressing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any, yeah. Anything, anything. It's the kind of thing that, you know, I imagine someone's done at some point, though. Creepazoids, actually. Yeah, the soundtrack to that had been released quite recently on vinyl. Right. Um, that was actually pretty good, actually. I liked Creepazoids. It sounded a little bit like um, the Blob soundtrack, actually. Okay. That was 88, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, this guy, though, I then looked to see what else he'd done. And, oh, my God. Have you heard? There's a, <laughs> there's a genre of films um, which he kind of seems to have created. Uh, okay. And he's still going. He seems to now make... These, oh, I can't remember what people call it, but it's kind of like it's very, very ultra soft core male models in white Y fronts okay. melodrama that looks like it's made for like TV. Right. It's all straight to video stuff. And he seems to make about 10 of these films a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> it's definitely odd. David de Coteau. Not to be confused with David Duchovny. <laughs> um, um, I have no plan to watch any of those. I'm, I'm stopping with his 80s output. But right. uh, I, had a, I had a blast watching these. It's kind of like, you know, have a, have a few beers like, with some friends. And, uh, yeah, I, I, just, I just had a few beers on my own and, yeah. uh, and watched them here in my lockdown palace. Well, talking about... David Duchovny, um, it wouldn't be a minisode of, of, the, of the last 12 months or whatever um, if we weren't talking about X-Files. Yes. So, um, so you're, you're slightly ahead, so I'll tell you where I am. Okay. And where, I've, where I've got up to. Um, they have found the uh, sh- spaceship in the sea. And when I say in the sea, I mean it's been washed up on the beach thing in like the fucking... I can't remember. Um, in like the Ivory, Ivory Coast. Coast. There we go. Jinx. Um, the Sixth Extinction. That's the episode you're watching. Right. That's right. Um, and that happened. And then there was that cool episode, which I remembered, which was when they, um, the kids run really fast, like the Flash, basically. Yeah. And it's kind of slowly killing them. That was yeah. a really good episode. I remember that stuck out in my head when I watched it first time around. Um, and I'm just at the end, I didn't get to finish it, but, um, just, yeah, I'm at the end of the one where it's the guy who's just really lucky. And I think that's the episode afterwards. Um, I quite like that one. It's quite good yeah. fun. He's a good, I like the actor that plays the main role and I like yeah. that character. Yeah. A bit of a sad 
face, but like in a really um, quite funny but pathetic way as well. And he and makes those machines, bit, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like um, what are they called? Higgs. No, that's I think something else. Oh god, I can't remember. Explosives. Explosives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't um, what they're called. Gold something. Yeah, is something like that. Because I've actually had to make a few for work. And I can't, for the life of me, I can't remember. Um, Goldberg? Yeah, something like that. It's not that, but um, something like that. that. Oh, um, a Rube Goldberg device. Rube Goldberg, that's it, yeah. Yeah. Rube. Um, But I have to say that all my thoughts... (laughs) Looking back on X-Files and all the reasons I hated it uh, towards the end are still there and are still valid. Like, well, everything, if ever it's to do with aliens, and if ever I see the name William B. Davis come up in the initial credits, <laughs> I'm like, right, I'm going to be in for some shit. Especially when they don't, I don't even mind if it's just like a one-off episode to yeah. do with that main storyline. Yeah. But when it's like three episodes or something in a row, it's like, oh, come on, like, come on. <laughs> And also, like me and uh, Tess always um, always say about how um, it's weird that Scully has been through all this stuff. She's seen it all. Mm. And I think like just before one of those episodes, um, it had like a really wacky one. I think it was the one where it had a spinal tap guy. Um, and then it went straight into something serious. I was about to and ask you, like, actually. Those tonal shifts are just yeah. fucking weird. And I don't mind them. But sometimes it's like, I feel like you need... The goofy one and then maybe have like a normal episode yeah and then have like a serious one because when you're going straight from goofy yeah i know it wasn't meant to be like binge so it was supposed to be like a week apart or whatever yeah fine but um it's just really really fucking strange and it's just so boring but yeah like scully just like resets every fucking episode yeah her like her belief or whatever in all this stuff just resets to zero which i know is the point right it's the point of x-files but the thing is it gets to the thing especially when you're like seven eight seasons in where you're just like i i can't suspend my disbelief any yeah. <laughs> like you're totally right. where she's like she has seen absolutely everything like she's seen ghosts aliens she's been abducted she's met this she's seen all these weird things happen and there was one point where um it was a, they were talking about someone with telekinetic powers or whatever, I can't remember. And she was like, and he was like, you've seen it before. And she was like, what I saw were like parlor tricks or whatever. And next I said, I'm like, are you, yeah. are you fucking joking? Like you almost died a number of times in these situations. I'm a scientist, um, Sam. I need cold hard facts. Yeah, exactly. Which I get. And she does that very well. Um, just, you're right though. Yeah. At this point, it's really irritating. Mm. And I, they obviously became aware of it at this point because they do try to then move to address it in series eight, right. season eight. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I, I really struggled with seven, really struggled. Yeah. There's way too many of these comic humor episodes, which to me, especially every, every time I watch one, I then like read a bit of the Wikipedia page. Right. And often you'll see like the people that, that wrote it be like it's basically them just sort of like humoring their own whims like they seem yeah. to lose interest in writing the typical you know the, the the meat the meat and veg episodes that it kind of made its name on and they just wanted to keep pushing boundaries and like we're going to do a 
musical one. Now we're going to do like a black and white one. Yeah. Do another comedy one. I feel we'll do this one, which is a bit more serious, but it's still very lighthearted. Um, there's an episode called The Rain King. Did you see that yeah, one? I saw that one. Yeah, I've seen I re- it. I really liked it, but it came off the back of like two other humor ones, and I was just like, I just don't want to see this at this point. Yeah. Like if they put it anywhere else in the series, I felt like yeah, it really suffers for that kind of like pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dreamland, I specifically was going to ask you, what did you think of that one? Because that's a weird one where it's like a, a two-parter. For a, that's the one with um, Michael McKeon in it. Oh, right, yeah. Um, I didn't hate it as much as I did the first time I saw it, or the second time I saw it when I was a bit older. So I should say, like, with these, I watched them when they came out. I probably watched them for a bit afterwards, obviously, as well, when I asked it was all happening. Then I rewatched the whole thing mid-20s, can yeah. I say? Um, and now, obviously, I'm, like, into late 30s. I've started again um, and I don't mind it as much but I think that's just because I know what's coming um, if that makes sense I'm the but same it's still like the main thing that had me with that episode right the main thing and it's going to be something really stupid is that when they and the whole thing is that they swap bodies it's not a spoiler it basically happens at the start yeah. um, Mulder and the government guy yeah. Guy, yeah, Michael McKean or whatever his name is they swap bodies the thing is is that when they swap bodies they like Dukovny is like, and I quite like, to be fair, and I think that's partly why I like it, is that I like seeing Dukovny do, try and do more comic stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think he was able to kind of do that more here. And I quite enjoyed that because I just think it, I get a bit bored of the whole like moody Mulder kind of like, you know, Asperger's um, or whatever kind of uh, <laughs> Asperger's style where it's like just monotonous and like just explaining and whatever. Yeah. Um, and just complete like it just has like no social skills. He's just watching porn all the time and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, it's just weird. But when he's able to like David Duchovny, he's able to like let loose a little bit. Then great. There's that specific moment at the beginning where they swap bodies, and then Mulder's like, "What's going on?" Like kind of thing. He's like looking around, and Michael McKeon's like, "Okay, see ya." And David Duchovny's body, and I'm just thinking. So I remember that the whole thing, thinking so he's in on it, but he's not in on it. He swapped bodies and he's immediately cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't question it. He's just like straight in. Like he's just straight away like acting like I'm out of here. Cool. See ya. And that bugged me. I remember it bugging me before and it bugs me even more so now because I was like, there's no, it makes, it puts me on a red herring thing, which I don't think they were trying to do. Um, it's like part of the humour though, that he's just totally blasé. I don't know, but no, because I read it that it was like, oh, they swap bodies and he fucking, he was expecting it or he made it happen. Oh, okay, So right. as I'm going through this fucking two-parter, I'm thinking that he's like part of it. So when it turns out that he's basically not and it's all just one big fucking like, accident or whatever, then it's like, so why did he act like that? He, why wasn't he like the slightest bit shocked that he's now in someone else's body? There was no like moment of recognition. And yeah. I know like, oh, you know, Come on, like it's just fucking X Files. So, the, but, but the setup for it, yeah, made it confusing. Yeah, it just really threw me for the whole like two parter. And to be honest, it, I was just a bit like, yeah, I don't know, like I'm done with those kind of episodes. Um, Have you seen yeah. the one with the bank yet? 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, God. I really like that. Do you? Yeah, I, can, I really like I got, I got bored of that quite quickly. Really? Oh, I really yeah. like that one. I thought that was quite cool. And I liked, there's continuity from that Dreamland episode. Because um, in that one... <laughs> He, while he's in Mulder's body, he like buys a waterbed for his apartment, oh, tries yeah, to seduce right, Scully. Yeah. yeah. So in that, in this episode with where uh, with the bank, where time keeps repeating itself. Yeah. Every morning he wakes up to find that the uh, waterbed sprung a leak. Yeah. So he's late for a meeting, and I think he says to Scully, "Oh, like my waterbed sprung a leak and flooded the neighbor downstairs like apartment." And she's like. Mulder, when did you get a waterbed? And he's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> so I just thought, that's, that's also quite a part nice. of it. Because it's like, because um, his whole apartment's changed, but they don't remember anything of what happened. Yeah. Which in the reality, I know like whatever it takes far as it's just a story. But I was just like, how has he explained this to himself? So he got back into his apartment where everything's changed. All his stuff's gone. Yeah, the boxes of fucking government records, which I feel like are quite important. <laughs> he's now got a bed with a, a waterbed thing, and he's not just—he's not questioned it. Um, but yeah, that con- continuity. I know I'm, I don't want to—I don't want to appear like I'm reading too much into it. So you know, whatever. I do obviously take it at face value. But um, the only reason I was annoyed about that body swap bit was because it just threw me for the rest of the episode, which yeah, I shouldn't yeah. do. I don't mind it if it's like just accept it and move on because I had it in the back of my head. But generally with all those episodes, it's just like such a yawn fest. Anything that's to do with aliens. And that's the thing is that they've already established like aliens are like fake or they're real or there's different versions or whatever, X, Y, Z. So it's kind of like there's no mystery and they just keep trying to convolute it even further. I still don't understand. Like I've watched them all back to back. I'm now, you know, an adult with what I like to think is like some kind of mild intelligence and I still can't piece together what the fuck is supposed to be kind of going on with all this stuff. They keep, um, um, this is, yeah, this is the series where it really becomes tiresome. Um, 
I will say what rewatching them this time around, I suppose because I know what's coming, I've been a little bit more forgiving. But at the time, I was so bitterly disappointed that instead of things progressing naturally, like you say, it's like, let's try and take it in a different direction to what people are expecting. Mm. And we'll add more and more layers until we've just got all these like silly holes, things that don't make sense. Um, is this the series as well where Mulder starts doubting? Yeah, it's kind of been happening. Yeah. And that's really weird as well, because I think it happens, there's an episode where it's like, suddenly everything I've been told is wrong. And actually, they've been feeding it to me and they've been controlling mm. me and there are no aliens. Mm. And it's just like, it's just suddenly it's like that. And um, I think he's at like a conference and he meets um, yeah, Spender. What's her name? Clarissa Spender? Yeah. Cassandra Spender. Yeah, so this has kind of happened. Yeah, this happened like a little while ago. I think it's more like season six. Oh, really? I, and he's just like, he just starts acting like a complete dick. Yeah. And he's like, suddenly he's like really haughty about everything. He's like, don't you know there aren't any aliens? Why are you wasting my time? It's like, it just doesn't ring true. Like the characterization of him. So yeah, between six and seven, they really like, just like mess with too many things. They try and be a bit too clever and a bit too cute. Well, also they what they try it. and do with Mulder as well, and I guess this has come from Duchovny, is they try to make him more of an action hero. So he kind of mm-hmm. runs around shouting a lot, brandishing his gun, pushing people up against walls, punching people, doing whatever, being anti-establishment. And in my head, it was just because Duchovny was like, I need to like pursue a film career. Right. Or something. Yeah. I can't just be this like suit that just goes around or like umming and ahhing or whatever. I need to be more. And that's what they try and do. It's like, um, it reminds me, there's the Red Letter Media things where they take the um, Star Trek films. Have you seen these? Yes, and, I saw uh, them do Twin Peaks. Yeah, so they do the Star, the Star Trek ones were, the Star Wars and Star Trek ones are what kind of got them famous. But they are big into like both of them and they're really funny, you should watch it. They're like this, the length of the movies. But the one thing they always bang on about is that when Star Trek Next Generation went in to do the films, they completely changed the characters. So where like Picard was like, in the TV series, he was like, you know, not about violence. He was about solving it with like, integrity and you know um whatever and he was this like you know intelligent man or whatever but um mm-hmm. when it comes to the films he's like he's like blasting away getting done, like <laughs> no consideration it feels like these elements when they do these kind of like alien bits in x-files right there's yeah. one really great bit in um <laughs> the one of the bits that always makes me laugh when i'm watching those uh star trek ones is that there's a um a bit in the film where like the enterprise is blown up or something and he picks up some like um some artifact like in the rubble this is picard and like throws it to one side as he's kind of getting whatever and they make a point of like that artifact there was a whole episode dedicated to it and they cut to like the episode where it's like a gift from someone else and he's like ooing and ahhing over it like thank you so much for this gift. I can't believe it. Oh, it's a bit of history or whatever. And then cutting it to where he's just chucking it to one side <laughs> in the film, this rubble. And it's just indicative of like how the movies just basically kind of got that characterization wrong. And that's what I feel like it is with these X-File ones. They just feel like tonally wrong. Yeah. Very fucking boring. And like when you speak to um, Chris Carter, when the, uh, read the interviews, he made a big, I think I've said this before, but he made a thing where he wanted it to be like all the president's men kind of thing. He wanted it to be like a, 
a conspiracy thriller. That's what he, that's what X Files he had in his head for X Files. Yeah. Um, rather than being like a monster of the week kind of show for him, it was more about yeah, like the, the political thriller almost about it all. Um, and that's why you have these episodes, and it's just like it's just a pile of wank, and there's just stuff that like. Like the cigarette smoking man is like an okay character. He's not, the, he shouldn't be the big bad guy. And also like every single scene where he's talking to like that room full of men who are dead now or whatever anyway, but um, at this point, it's like they keep asking him to like fix stuff and he keeps fucking everything up. Yeah. And then he's just like, oh, right, well, leave it with me. I'll sort it out. They humanize him too much in this series. Oh, so they dumb. show him as actually, he is just like a... Lonely old man, but they've got yeah, that bit well, amusing like a sort of cigarette smoking man where it's like he wants to be an author. Yeah. And I was like, I'm usually up for like showing a bit of backstory of the character, but I was like, with that specifically, it makes him, it doesn't add anything to it. It actually makes yeah. me feel very, like I know that it's kind of trying to reinforce the fact that he's like a pathetic man, but um, I didn't, I didn't want him to be like that. Yeah. He's supposed to be like this kind of, he doesn't feel like he's yeah. up to the intelligence or the seriousness of what like a villain of this whole thing should should be. And it's Agree. a little bit it's a little bit lame. And as well, like these people like live in these shitty flats. It's like, why aren't you living in like opulence? Why are you living yeah. like in a empty flat? They drew like, back the curtain too much on 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 him there. And this is it. It's, it's them trying to be cute. And I think, yeah, we want to do a this kind of episode. Well, let's do it. It really needs to, I don't know, temper itself a bit, I think, mm-hmm. at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm all about like having an overarching narrative, especially with stuff like this, but um, it was clear that there was no actual plan um, and that they were just kind of throwing things at the wall and just hoping something would stick. And yeah. it, it gets to this point as well, and they do it in the film, the Fight the Future film, whatever, um, or whatever the first one, X-Files the movie. Um they get to that point where every now and then in these episodes, someone is explaining something. And mm. it's like the fact that you have to keep doing this and just doing pure exposition dumps. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they like just introduce the episode with it. They'll just have a pure exposition dump to jump, uh, dump to start off the actual episode. And I'm just like, you shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> it should be kind of at least a little bit clear what's going on. Um, Anyway, yeah, that's where I am with X-Files. I've yeah. kind of started to hate watching it now. In a rough patch. Mm. Well, it gets a bit yeah. of a, yeah, it gets a lick of paint and a reboot soon. Mm. So hang on in there. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just waiting for Doggett to turn yeah. up and then everything, everything will be right as rain again, I'm sure. <laughs> cool. Well, that's quite enough, I think, for one week. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think we can leave X-Files for a little bit now. Come back to it a little bit further down the line. So, um, well, should we tell everyone to uh, keep their ears open for a new oddcast coming on Sunday? Yeah. You can't help but keep your ears open. Try closing them. See? Can't be you done. Can't, can't do it. It's an X-File. A man who could close his ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's the kind of sound I would associate with that. Um, yeah, listen out for Sunday for a new episode. And thanks for joining us. And yeah, more Minnesotas to come. See you. Bye. Hey 
guys. Thank you for listening to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album or game put on our list to discuss, then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. This is part of a New Winter Podcast Network, so head on over to anewwinter.net to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at anewwinter, Twitter at anewwinter, and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash anewwinter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.